Lord, we thank you this morning for your faithfulness. Lord, there's never been a moment that you've turned your back on us. There's never been a day that you've decided to leave us. There's never been a time that you've forgotten about us. Lord, we thank you for that this morning. Lord, I pray that that would be the truth of our hearts, that with every breath that we're able, with every chance that we get, we would give you praise. Lord, I pray that would be the truth inside of our hearts, that our hearts would just be overflowing with praise for you. It would just be an outpouring. Lord, that's the, that is the desire of our hearts this morning. Lord, we thank you this morning for who you are. It's in your name we pray. Amen. You guys have a seat. Amen. Amen. Amen, amen. Thank you, Grant. Well, good morning. Well, good morning to the rest of you, too. Good morning. Thank you. That's better. Good to see you. Are y'all a friendly church? Are you? Uh, most churches think they're friendly, and most of them aren't, okay? Now, let me, let me tell you why I say that. Uh, and I don't say that being critical. I, I'm just always trying to encourage folks and, and bless folks and all. Uh, you are a friendly church if you do more than just welcome the people right around you that you welcome every Sunday. See, most of the time we call ourselves a friendly church, and, and all we're doing is just kind of welcoming the people that we see every Sunday. So really what you ought to do is you all over here ought to get up and go see those folks, and you ought to get up and go see those folks, and just kind of mix it up. Then you'll become a friendly church. Amen? Uh, I, I was in a church uh, a couple weeks ago uh, speaking, and uh, it was like I was by myself. I mean, I, I, I walked in, and and they said, hi. I said, well, hi, you know. And, but that was it. I mean, there was, no, there was no handshake, no welcome. I mean, I could have been the devil himself. Nobody would have known it, you know. Uh, so so kind of look around. Find somebody that you don't know. Greet them. Welcome them. Uh, take the opportunity to say to people, we really are glad you're here. We really are glad you're here. Um, boy, thanks, uh, Grant and the band. Thanks for doing that last song. He's been so good, good to me. Now, now let, me, let me tell you something about that song. When you're my age, how many of you are 70 or above? Anybody else? A few. We get to sing that better than all these young folks, don't we? We do. We get to sing it better because we know more about God's goodness than you do. Now, when, when you're our age, you'll get to sing it better. Okay? But, but hadn't God been good to us? Hadn't He been good to us? Hadn't He been good to you as a church? Uh, I, I was pastor of the Village Baptist Church when the Lord allowed us to start Deer Creek Baptist Church. And, 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 and that's, that's you today. And the Lord was so good to us and so gracious and allowed us to be a part of that. And, and I've watched you over these years uh, in, in reaching folks and growing and all those kind of things. And, and I'm just proud of you. I love your pastor. Don't you love your pastor? I tell you, I, I do. Amen. I. I do. You ought, to, you ought to give him a love offering every other week. Amen? I mean, seriously, I, I just love your pastor, and I thank the Lord for him and who he is and what he stands for, all those kind of things. I, I'm, I'm just so grateful. Well, thanks for, uh, for letting us come. I, I, I was mentioning that song that he's been so good to us. Um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I, I did something that I recommend you do uh, as a Christian family. 
okay? And, and I, the Lord just kind of gave me this thought here a few weeks ago that I, we have three children, and uh, we have ten grandchildren, and we have one great-grandchild, and have a second grandchild, great-grandchild on the way. Uh, and so um, here about uh, oh, two or three weeks ago, I got this idea, maybe a month ago, I got this idea that, that I just, that Jerry and I, my wife, we just wanted to bring together our three kids. And, and all I wanted to do was, was just kind of take them through our life and kind of where we are now and what life is for us and all those kind of things and kind of let them understand about our life and about the goodness of God. And so I, I called the three kids up and I said, look, I said, I want just the three of you to come. I said, now, when you get home, you can tell your spouses about everything. And I've got great, they've all married great kids and all that. So that wasn't the issue. I, I, just, I just wanted our three kids there just to talk about what God had done in our family. Just wanted to kind of share that heritage. And so, so they came over and we had dinner together. And it was just awesome. Jerry's still talking about it. It was just a special, special time with the three kids and Jerry and I. Uh, and we went through the things I wanted to go through with them, kind of understand where we are. And basically, I, I, I shared to them, look, I intend to outlive your mama because I'm going to take care of her all her life. But if for some reason the Lord calls me home first, here's the way you all need to take care of your mama. And if you don't, you'll be in trouble with me when you get to heaven. Okay? Uh, and so we kind of went through all those, all those kind of things. Uh, anyway, we got through, and Micah, our, our second son, who's a musician and worship pastor at First Baptist Newcastle, Micah just got up and went over to his mother's piano, and he just sat down, and around the piano we stood and we sang this song about God has been so good to us. I'm telling you, if, if you are a Christian family and you have enjoyed living in the goodness of God, bring your kids together, share with them about the goodness of God, and establish a heritage that they can take to the next generation that says He has been so good to us. Amen? Boy, I just encourage you to do that. He has been so good to us. Well, I, I want you to open your Bible with me uh, to Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. And, and what I'd like to do today... Um, I want to I want to do a little preventative maintenance, okay? Preventative maintenance is always a whole lot better than having to put everything together after it's already fallen apart. Uh, and, and so I want to I want to talk to you about preventative maintenance. Uh, and and here's here's what I want us to to look at. Um, I was a pastor for forty five years. Um. I've been preaching since I was 19, and I'm 70 now. I'll be 71 in April. Um, but I was a pastor for 45 years. In all the places that the Lord let us serve, uh, He was so gracious to us to let us see growth, let us see church growth, and let us see spiritual growth, and, and let us see people come to Christ, and I, I, I sat down not long ago and, and, and kind of went through what records I had kept. I probably didn't keep as good of records about our ministry as I should have, but kind of went through some things. And, and it just became pretty obvious to me that in, in those 45 years of being a pastor, the Lord allowed me to baptize several thousand people. 
We, we saw a lot of people come to Christ and, and saw churches grow and, and, and all. But now, now listen, also during that time, I, I saw folks lose their commitment. At one time faithful, at one time walking with the Lord, and, and then lose that commitment. Uh, and, and, and I saw it in so many ways. I, I, saw, I saw men who at one time had committed themselves to being faithful to their wife and faithful to their families. And then, and then I saw some of these men get off in, in adulterous affairs and things that were just crazy. And I've, I've had men get off into sin that was so severe that they couldn't even look me in the face. And, and you wonder, how did you get there? How in the world did that happen? I, I, I've walked into county jails and, and, and looked at young people through plexiglass that were a part of my church, had, had, had been a part of our student ministry, had, had, had been faithful. And they, and they let their walk with God go. And, and, and as a result of that, they ended up doing just some crazy things. And you just, you just think, how in the world did that happen? And, and then even going from that to even lesser things where you'd, you'd meet somebody after years. You'd seen them walk with the Lord and you'd watch them be faithful in your ministry. And then the Lord took you in another place and you'd meet some later and you'd say, Well, how's, how's your walk with the Lord? What's happening in your life with the Lord? And Well, Pastor Ted, you know, it's not what it used to be and we're not really involved in church. And, 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 and you ask yourself, what in the world took place? Why'd that happen? Well, what I want us to do this morning is, is I want to talk about guarding our commitment. Just, just really guarding our commitment. Now, now, here's where we are in Luke 22. And, and I'm going to begin reading in a moment in verse 54 um, and reading down through verse 62. Jesus uh, is, has been in the Garden of Gethsemane with His disciples. The betrayal has happened, and now they're in the process of arresting Jesus and, and taking him through the mock trials. Uh, and, and we're going to look at Peter. What happened with Peter? Let, let, I mean, because we really do see a man who there for a while just, just lost his commitment. I mean, this is the man who said to Jesus, I'll die with you. I'll absolutely die with you. And then yet he denies him. So, so would you stand with me and honor the word of the Lord and, and, and take your copy of the Bible if it's in your hand or, or on your device. And would you look with me in Luke 22 beginning in verse 54. And, and I'm going to be teaching from the New American Standard Bible this morning. And I want to draw your attention to some words. Um, so, so look with me. Luke 22 verse 54. Uh, having arrested him. Okay, so Jesus is arrested. <clears throat> They led him away and brought him to the house of the high priest. But Peter was following at a distance. After they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter was sitting among them. And a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the firelight and looking intently at him, said, This man was with him too. 
But he denied it, saying, woman, I, I do not know him. A little later, another saw him and said, you are one of them too. But Peter said, man, I am not. After about an hour had passed, another man began to insist, saying, certainly this man also was with him, for he is a Galilean too. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you're talking about. Immediately, while he was still speaking, a rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked at Peter, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had told him Before a rooster crows, today you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Thank you, you may be seated. Uh, How'd that happen? That's an amazing story, don't you think? I mean, it's astounding to me, And, and, and I... I, I, I can't help but want to look at that. And I don't want to be too hard on Peter because I, I, I know there's a whole lot about Peter we don't know. So I don't want to be too hard on Peter. I just want to look at the facts of the Scripture and maybe turn this around in some kind of a positive way that, that we could all go away from here in a few moments and say, I can, I can take those thoughts with me. I really can protect my commitment. Now, it may be today that you're here without knowing Christ. And, and we really are going to be talking about some things for Christian people. We're going to be talking about some things for believers in Christ. This will be for the church. This will be to edify the church and to strengthen the church. But I, I, I do want you to know the gospel. And the, the fact is that you're a sinner and I'm a sinner. And Jesus Christ paid the penalty for our sin. He went to the cross and He died in your place and died in my place. And three days later, he was resurrected and demonstrated victory over sin and victory over death. And the scripture says, if you will place your faith in him, trust him and what he did as your Savior, receive him by faith into your life that you will be forgiven, your sin will be covered, and you will spend eternity in heaven. Now, if you've never made that commitment to Christ Today is the day of your salvation. Today is the day that you could settle that, that you could respond to Christ, receive Him as your Lord and Savior. Don't go another day without that. We've got to be close to the return of the Lord. Let me tell you what I know about that. We're a week closer than last Sunday when you sat in this church. All right? And if He doesn't come today, tomorrow we're going to be 24 hours closer, and every day we'll be closer to the return of Jesus. I, you, you're extremely foolish if you don't give your life to Christ. You ought to do that today, okay? Now, <clears throat> I, want to, I want to address the church. I, I want us to, be, to, to, be, to really tune in with me for a little bit, because the, the last thing in the world that I want your pastor and you to have to deal with would be if you lose your commitment. Now, I didn't say lose your life, lose your eternity, no. Just lose your commitment. Now, so, so let's walk through this together, and let me give you uh, some thoughts, some things that we could do to, to guard our commitment. Here's, here's the first truth that I want to lay out in front of you. Watch your comfort zone. 
Just watch your comfort zone. What I mean by that is, is, is just be very aware when you start getting comfortable with sin. When you find yourself being comfortable with sin that, that used to bother you. When you find yourself being less concerned about holiness. When you find yourself being less concerned about the things of God. And, and, and you just find yourself being a little comfortable with sin. Beware because you may well be on a track to letting your commitment drop. Now, I want you to notice something. This is so interesting to me. Uh, look, at, look at what happens uh, with Peter, beginning in verse 54. Okay? Look at this. Having arrested him, so Jesus is arrested, they led him away and brought him to the house of the high priest, but Peter was following at a distance. Okay, now, now look carefully. Look at the words carefully in verse 55. After they'd kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard. So, so you've got Jesus over here being arrested, beginning to go through the mock trials, beginning to be harassed by all these soldiers. Scripture tells us that when he was arrested, that there was an entire cohort of Roman soldiers that arrested him. A cohort was 600 soldiers. So here's Jesus in the midst of 600 hardened Roman soldiers. And the crowd has gathered because they've heard something is going on out of the garden. And now they've taken to the high priest's house that would have been close to the middle of the town. And the crowd beginning to gather. Now look at this. They built a fire. They kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together. Now look very carefully where Peter was. Peter was sitting among them. What? Peter. This is an anti-Jesus crowd. Peter, this is, a, this is a crowd that's against you. This is a crowd that doesn't love Jesus. And you're sitting in the middle of them? There's a couple of words that's very interesting uh, in verse 55. And it says, sitting among them. That word among literally means in the midst. So it's not like he's hanging back anymore. Now he was at a distance we see in verse 54. But apparently he's gotten a little more comfortable. And he's moved now to where he can see and kind of watch and, and see what's going on. And, 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 and now he's sitting in the midst of them. By the way, that word sitting is very, very interesting. It, it means to dwell. It's a comfort word. To, to dwell. Uh, after a while when I get home, uh, I'll, I'll sit down in my recliner and I'll punch that little button on the side, and this little foot part will go up, and this little back part will go down, and that's connected to my eyelids, and it is the most amazing thing. My eyelids will close, and, and, and for a bit, I will dwell. It's comfort, right? It's comfortable. I, I'm, I'm there knowing nothing's going to happen to me. I, I'm there knowing everything's going to be all right. I'm there being safe. That is the Word. Folks, do we understand What's going on with Peter? Peter has, has gotten real comfortable with the crowd. No wonder he's beginning to lose that commitment. See, begin to, to be, be very careful and, 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 and watch yourself. When, when, when things of the world don't bother you like they used to bother you. When, when, when language that's gross doesn't offend you like it used to offend you. When, when scenes come through your television set 
that no longer embarrass you. When you allow things to be said on a television set in front of your children that you would never allow somebody to walk into your home and say, and you found yourself beginning to get pretty comfortable with this world and comfortable what's going on in this world, oh, my dear friend, listen, you are well on your way to seeing your commitment become something you don't want it to be. So, so, so watch your comfort zone. And, and if you find yourself being comfortable with sin and find yourself... I mean, I mean have, you ever, have you ever thought about this? And, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to uh, be unkind or, or whatever, but have you ever, you ever thought about uh, a Christian man or a Christian woman? They get involved in some type of immoral stuff. Have you ever thought about how that starts? I mean, did that Christian husband just get up someday and say, Well, hot dog, this would be a great day for adultery. It started, it started with inappropriate looks. It started with inappropriate words. It started with getting comfortable with some things that at one time he or she never would have been comfortable with. Be aware of your comfort zone. I, I, mean, I mean, wouldn't it have been fair maybe if somebody would have come to Peter and said, Peter, what are you doing here? This is the anti-Jesus crowd. Peter, what's going on here? Why, why You have sat down and you're dwelling among those who right over here are mocking your Savior and beating your Savior and harassing your Savior. And you've become comfortable. Peter, you have become comfortable with the enemy. Oh, beloved. When we find ourselves being comfortable with the enemy, beware. Our commitment is beginning to change. Now, there, there's another truth that I, that I want you to see. Not only... Do you want to watch your comfort zone? Um, <clears throat> let your identity with Christ be a badge of honor. Just, just, just let your identity with Christ be a badge of honor. Um, I mentioned I have, I have ten grandchildren. And um, we have, have three children. Our daughter is adopted from Korea. And then our two boys, two biological boys. And then because our boys uh, grew up with an adopted sister... They have adopted children as well. And so we have uh, African-American grandchild. We have American Indian grandchild. And, and we have another Korean grandchild. And so our family looks like the United Nations when we get together. It's just it's awesome. I just absolutely love it. And, and so uh, anyway, Jude uh, is, is one of our little adopted grandsons. And Jude is 14. He's in the eighth grade. And, and he's a cross-country runner. And he's, he's thin and he's... He just kind of makes me sick with all the muscle he's got, you know, and no fat on the dude. He just, and, he, and, he, and, and so this year was his first year in cross country. And, and in every meet but one, he meddled. In every meet but one. And, and I was there at his first one. And I saw him get his first medal. It was awesome. Man, I was never a cross country runner. And I've I, I watched those guys do that. And I'm just thrilled to walk to the car. Amen. I mean, you know, and I. <laughs> And I'm, I'm, I'm watching these guys, and, 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 and they, they took that medal and hung it on old Jude's neck. I've got pictures. Man, he, he walked over. You know, he didn't win. He, he meddled. He, he meddled. But, but he wore that medal. A few days later, he called me. He said, Granddad, hey, Jude, what's up? He said, I was chosen athlete of the week. I said, Really? That's awesome, Jude. I said, do you, 
you get any money or anything? He said, no, no, but he said, I got the coolest T-shirt. And, and, and he sent me a picture. There's the T-shirt across the back. It has this Newcastle Middle School on the front of it and on the back, Athlete of the Week. It's awesome. Do you wear your Christianity like that? Do you, do you wear your Christianity like a badge of honor? Now, now I want you to see something about old Peter. This is so interesting. Now, now look with me uh, in, in verse 56. Now I'm going to do a little language study with you and, and a, little, uh, a little Greek and a little English. I know you came here for a grammar lesson, okay? Um, but, but you've got to see that this is pretty awesome. Look with the beginning in verse 56. And a servant girl seeing him. Okay? Now, that word seeing is the word oido in the Greek language. It means to know. Basically, there are two, two words uh, in the New Testament language for to know. One of them is the word oido, one of them is the word gnosko. Uh, oido is a word that means, boy, I know without a doubt. Two and two is four. I know that. Okay? Gnosko is kind of a progressive knowledge. You know, I, I, I passed the first grade, went to the second grade and progressed, went to third grade and progressed, so forth. Okay, this is the word oido, seeing. I know who you are. There's no doubt about it. I know who you are. Now, now look at this. And a servant girl seeing him as he sat in the firelight and looking intently at him said, and I want to see something else, this man was with him too. Now, uh, in the Greek language, you have emphatic words. And we have them in the English language, we just don't identify them like they do in the Greek language. And emphatic words are words that, that, are, that are emphasized. And, and when you read them, you need to read them with emphasis. Now, you probably didn't catch that as I was reading through the Scripture, but as I read through the Scripture earlier, every word that was emphatic, I read it with emphasis. Because that's the proper thing to do when you're reading the Scripture. It teaches you so much that way. All right? Well, the little phrase, with him too, is emphatic. So really, what the girl said was, this man was with him, too. And she would have pointed over there at Jesus. See, I know him. This man was with him, too. So there is no doubt. Now, now keep that with me, because look at this. But he denied it in verse 57. Same woman, I do not know him. A little later, another saw him and said, you are one of them too. Of them too is emphatic. Also, I want you to notice the word one uh, in your Bible. It should be in italics. If it's not, it should be. And, and the reason it should be in italics is because it's not in the original language. It was added by the translators. And that's fine. I mean, that's not, not mistranslating Scripture. It's actually correct. But sometimes you can take those words out. And boy, it really, it really draws a punch. So let's take the word one out and, and look at this. A little later, another saw him and said, you are of them too. You're of him. You're a part of him. Peter said, man, I am not. About an hour had passed. A, an, another man began to insist, saying, certainly, Emphatic, certainly, this man also was with him. And he is a Galilean too. Now, when you read this in the other Gospels, um, Matthew says they recognized his accent. That's when the guy says, you're a Galilean. We, 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 we... 
We, we, we got you. Your accent shows you. And in fact, John, when he tells the story, remember in the garden when Peter finds a sword and he cuts this guy's ear off? He's probably trying to cut his head off, but he misses. The guy ducks, and so he cuts his ear off. John says that this person was a relative of the one who Peter had cut his ear off. Now, if you cut off my cousin's ear, I'm going to know you. That's why they're so emphatic. You were with him. You're of Galilee. We, we know you are of him. Three times. Peter says, no, I'm not. Now, I know Peter's among a lot of people that don't know Jesus, don't love Jesus, and he got 600 soldiers around him. I understand that, that that'd be a challenge, wouldn't it? But in my heart of hearts, I want to say, Peter, put the badge of Christianity around your neck and let it be known you are of Him. You know Him. See, see folks, if, if you really want to guard your commitment, really want to guard your commitment, wear the fact that you're a Christian like a badge of honor. Let people know you're a believer in Christ. Let, let, let people know that you're a follower of the Lord Jesus. I mean, spout a little Bible out once in a while. Tell people who Jesus is. Let them know how He's changed your life. Wear Christianity like a badge of honor. If not, one day we'll turn around and say, man, where'd my commitment go? Where, where'd my walk go? Now, there, there's a final truth that, that I want you to see very carefully. And, and that is, if, if you want to guard your commitment, take God's Word personally. I mean, and I'm going to give you some examples of this in just a moment. But just, I mean, if you want to guard your commitment, take, take this book and make it in your mind, in your heart, in your soul, make it God's personal word to you. Not, not, not just the Bible, God's word to you. Not, not just something that Eric preaches from on Sunday, but it's God's Word to you. You open it up, and you read it, and you make it God's Word to you. Now, now, I want you to see something. This is so interesting to me. Go back with me to verse 31 in Luke 22. Go back to verse 31. And Jesus is speaking directly to Peter. Directly to Peter. Now, now look at what he says. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like the wheat. Sounds pretty personal, don't you think? Simon, Simon, Satan has demanded permission to sift you. Now, I want to see something. This is really interesting. The word you 
in, in verse 31 is plural. So really, Jesus was speaking to all the disciples. And, and, and so he says, Simon, Simon, Satan has demanded permission to sift you guys. All right, now, now stay with me. Look at this in verse 31. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you. That's singular. Can you get the picture? Here's the disciples around Jesus. Simon's here, Peter. Simon. Simon. Satan has demanded permission to sift you. But I've prayed for you. It's a pointed word to Simon. And, and, and then he goes on and he says, But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And you, when you, when you once again have turned, strengthen your brothers. But he said to him, Lord with you, I am ready to go both to prison and to death. So now they've got this personal conversation. And he said, Jesus said, I say to you, Peter, the rooster will not crow today until you've denied me three times. Denied three times that you know me. So without a doubt, this is a personal word to Peter. All right, now back to our original scene. Peter has denied him three times. And in, in verse 60, And Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are talking about. Immediately, while he was still speaking, a rooster crowed. Look at this. The Lord turned and looked at Peter. That word, that word turn there means to twist. The word look is an, is an intense look. It's a, I mean, it's a laser look. It's looking you in the eyeball. He says the third time, I do not know him. The rooster crows and the Lord goes, Shoo! What if Peter had taken that word personally? Simon, Simon, Satan has demanded permission to sift you, but I've prayed for you. Instead of Peter saying, oh Lord, I won't deny you, what if he just said, oh dear God, strengthen me. Oh dear God, you've spoken a word to me. Don't let it be me. What if I took God's word today personally? Where Jesus says some things like this. Ted, as I am holy, you too be holy. Personally. What, what if I... I took those words the Holy Spirit spoke through Paul when he says, Ted, whatever you do, whether you eat or whether you drink or whatever you do, Ted, do it all 
to the glory of God. What if, what if I begin to take God's word and, and, and make it personal? And he says, you, Ted, serve the Lord with gladness. You, Ted, walk humbly before your God. You, Ted, love your wife just like Christ loved the church. You, Ted, consider your ways and walk in holiness. See, what if, what if I took all God's word personally? Boy, protect my commitment. It would just guard my commitment. Now, I, I obviously, I don't know where all of us are in our walk with the Lord. All I know is about me. That's all I really know about. I, but, but, but let me tell you what I do know about me and what I do know about you. I need to guard my commitment. And you need to guard your commitment. Every one of us in this room. If, if, if we think, eh, I'm beyond that, you are a prime target. You need to guard your commitment. I need to guard my commitment. So, wouldn't it be good today if we took away from this time in God's Word these three thoughts? Watch your comfort zone. Let your identity with Christ be a badge of honor. Take God's word personally. What if those became my commitments today and tomorrow and the next day and the rest of my time here on this earth? See, one of the things that is a blessing about getting older is you know your days are shorter. And you, you start getting real serious about Hey, one day I'm going to see my Lord face to face. One day I'm going to really, I'm going to really close my eyes here and open my eyes there one day. I mean, how awesome is that? How, how amazing is that? And, man, I, I, I want him to look at me and just say, well done. Well done, son. Well done. Well, I need to guard my commitment. And so do you. Could we uh, bow our heads together in a moment? The band's going to come and we're going to sing together. And the elders are going to be here if you'd like to talk with one of them or pray with one of them. Maybe, maybe you just want to pray. Maybe you want to pray where you are. Maybe you want to come kneel here in these front chairs. But, but folks, listen. Um, worship is never over till we respond in some way. Whether it's my personal worship at home or my corporate worship with you, 
Worship is never over till I've responded in some way to what God has said to me. Just because I finished reading my verses or my chapter or sang my songs or whatever, that's not the end of worship. Worship is never over till we respond in some way. Now, it may be your response needs to be public. Maybe you want to come and share something with the elders. Maybe, maybe today you want to give your life to Christ, as we spoke of in the very beginning of the message. Maybe today you're saying, this day I come to Christ. Well, in a moment we're going to pray and we're going to stand and we're going to sing. And if you want to come and share with the elders that today you're giving your life to Christ, they'll help you with that. And then for the church, maybe today we want to come and just kneel here or kneel where we are or just pray where we are. Say, God, I, I want to. I want to protect my commitment. I want to guard my commitment. And I'm going to take these thoughts from today and make them my life. I'm going to watch my comfort zone. And, and I'm, I'm going to take the badge of Christianity and wear it in honor. And I'm going to take every part of God's Word personally. Well, we're going to pray together and then we're going to stand and sing and if you want to come and kneel, if you want to come pray with some of these guys, you do that. If you want to make a commitment right there where you are, you do that. But worship is never over until we respond in some way. Our Father, I worship you, Lord. And I praise you. I adore you. Thank you so much for what we can learn from your word. I pray, Father, for any in this room who do not know you. Father, would you call them to yourself? Would, would you give them faith? Would you allow them to respond to you today? I ask you to do that, to honor yourself. And Father, would you deal with us as your children? Surely, we don't want to try to walk with you with an unguarded commitment. May we respond to you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want us to stand together. They're going to lead us as we sing. If you want to respond, you come. While we sing, you come.